0: McCabe. Welcome to Miracle Voices. Each episode we will be delving into stories of forgiveness, healing, and transformation that have come about from integrating the principles of the book A Course in Miracles. If you want to learn more about A Course in Miracles, visit www.acim.org. If you'd like to visit the Miracle Voices site, please go to www.miraclevoices.org. If you feel inspired to make a love offering, please visit us at miraclevoices.org forward slash donate. All donations go support the work of the Foundation for Inner Peace, the publisher of A Course in Miracles. Now here's your program. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Miracle Voices. This is your co-host, Matthew McCabe, here with my co-host, Tam Morgan. Tam, how's it going today?
1: I'm in the middle of a downpour, but inside,
0: it's very quiet. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. And our guest. Oh, I'm good. I'm very (laughs) good. Enjoying the day and the new year. Yeah, uh... happy new year. Yeah, happy new year. (laughs) And happy new year to our guest, too, Ezra Cleaver.
2: Happy New Year! Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here.
0: Thanks for joining us, Ezra. Where are you joining us from?
2: I am in a little town called La Penita in the state of Nayarit in Mexico, on the west coast, Mexico, a little north of Puerto Vallarta.
0: Nice, mm-hmm. nice. nice. Yeah, nice. good, good spot to pick for winter time. Mm.
2: Yeah, my wife is from here. It uh, is just where where she's from, and uh, it happens to be very beautiful. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. here I am. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice.
1: I think this might be, is this our 70th podcast, Matt?
0: Se- 70th. Yeah. Seven zero. Correct.
1: is are you are our 70th. Well, not mine,
2: but Matt's.
0: Yeah. it's a significant mm-hmm. number. Yeah, yeah. Very, very biblical. Ezra.
2: (laughs) Seven times 70. (laughs) Here we are. Mm -hmm.
1: Why is it biblical? What am I missing?
0: I don't know. I just feel like seven is kind of a biblical number, so I like to throw that in there for kind of (laughs) of like the hype, you know, hype up a little experience of some some kind. I don't know what I'm doing.
2: (laughs) Well, I, I was born in 73, and I think of the course coming out in 72, is that correct? Published? time you would more uh know you No know, you would think i would know
1: numbers no. <laughs> not my thing i always always have to check like what yeah. popular, how many people are where i live you know but um it's either 72 or 74 that were registered and i
0: always forget right so i think it's 74 or 75 in there yeah
1: yeah so i bell think bottoms
0: have, shag I
2: carpeting
1: 72 is um more when they got together so yeah.
2: right well we're coming up to that yeah 70 yeah. Yes.
0: well Ezra, tell us how a Course and Miracles came into your life.
2: Uh, yes. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> okay, where should I start? Um I'll say I was uh born into a Mennonite family. My mom was born in Mexico, uh in a Mennonite colony, but then we're more modern Canadian. Uh so I was raised Christian in church. Um, and then I guess both my mom and I had been um reading a lot and, and spiritually looking um, throughout <clears throat> as I uh, was going through university. Um, she went more self-help. I became kind of a hippie traveler and had the Tao Te Ching in my pocket all the time, uh, Buddhist monastery retreat. Um, I had Krishna uh, Krishnamurti, the Awakening of Intelligence, with me for years, that became very used. Um, Bhagavad Gita, I did one trip with just the the Quran and the essential Rumi. And all these books I would just read and reread and reread. Um, so uh the spiritual identity was really strong with me. I was I was a spiritual hippie traveler and all about spirituality. Um, and then later I came into, and this was shared from my mom. <clears throat> the I Am Discourses, uh, Saint Germain, Ascended Master stuff. And uh, and that became the thing that I would read every morning. I, I, I've been waking up early for a long time and doing something. And uh, so I was reading that. And then she had A Course in Miracles. And I would come and go from my travels and look at it. And it felt very heavy to me. It felt uh very deep and very profound but just a little bit heavy um and this uh saint germain i am discourses had a lot of electricity to it and it was kind of exciting but i i was um kind of seeing through it and doubting a lot of the things that it had to say and it felt very sensational um and then uh what happened was uh your immortal reality uh gary's gary renard's second book um i found and uh quite a thin book and i read all through that and that convinced me again of going back to a course in miracles which was maybe around 2009 ish um and then i uh was at my mom's again and she she passed me the copy and she was just uh accessing it online and so i had the book with me and um I was with a girlfriend and we were traveling and we tried to do the workbook together, um, which it might work for some, but it didn't, it didn't for us. Um, I was uh, it it was challenging trying to find the time and, and the dedication to get together every morning and, and, and make it a priority. So that kind of fell, fell away after a month or two. And I left it a little longer um I can't remember why but uh I picked it up again and and just cracked in on the workbook by myself and um from different situations what I was doing I found I was able to be really dedicated with it and uh did all the the lessons as as well as I could and just fell in love with Jesus throughout at his Uh, just pulling me as much as I needed and giving me a break when I needed it. Um, One thing, explaining itself in the next lesson, any doubts I had, it would kind of be cleared up in the next lesson. So I let myself just just move forward with the lessons. There are maybe a couple that I redid because I didn't have uh, the dedication I thought I could have offered it. Um, And so much transformation in that year of that relationship falling away with that girlfriend, which was quite conflictive and uh, a lot of things happening, uh, beautiful blessings throughout that year. Okay. As I was learning to see things differently, learning to forgive. And uh, and then that, that became my one practice ever since then. I, I may have not read a, a book fully <laughs> since then and uh nothing else draws me different things uh can relate to it uh and i like some different teachers more for the personal uh awakening demonstration but um yeah that's been my path uh ever since uh I, and just so happy to have found it uh answering all the the questions i've ever had you know just so complete i feel really really uh that it uh it is everything that I've I've been looking for in in a teaching.
1: Mm, thank great. you for sharing that. I, I always mm-hmm. giggle when inside, sometimes outside, when people say, So glad I found it, when I I'm I feel so the opposite, like it finds us. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's it's very patient, it waits, mm-hmm. it drops on one, someone's head, you know, they open yeah. it, put it down for years, it comes back, and it just seems to find us when we are
2: ready. Yeah. Yeah, it wiggled its way in. I resisted a little bit and then uh and then I was ready for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that falling on the head thing is not that's that's not a metaphor. That's
2: that really does happen yeah. a lot. A lot of stories
0: I mean, just, yeah. Isn't it
1: funny? I mean, really a lot. I mean <laughs> you know, I mean dozens of times, which I think is a lot out there in the world that it actually falls on people's
2: heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's right. Please share with us your forgiveness story. I'd love to hear it.
2: Okay. Um yeah, it's it's just a it's a whole lot of stories, <laughs> but uh the the theme I guess that that we talked about, Matt, was was my wife and uh specifically my my Mexican wife. So, I married uh with a different culture and with a Latin female. I don't know what that means, but we have a a, a maybe unique relationship because of that but also i know many couples that uh is, is particularly a a western male and a white male and uh and a latin female and they have a similar dynamic of a lot of forgiveness lessons on both sides we just have uh been raised in different ways and we have different um different characteristics culturally and how we express how we communicate uh how we do everything or how our how our brains work so yeah, my wife, I we can joke about this, uh is my greatest forgiveness lesson, my greatest forgiveness teacher, and I'm sure that's not unusual of our special relationships, our partnerships being our our greatest uh forgiveness teacher. So What, what <laughs> so are that's some of some of the, some of the, of the story. <laughs> what are some
0: of the friction points that it that are kind of pop up as the major uh is is the, the major kind of thorns in the relationship that are the forgiveness opportunities.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: we need we need details in that. Yeah, the absolutely. There Not are so many. Podcast. Yeah. Um well I'm I'm very happy to say that there are there are very few right now. It's uh I feel like we're in a, a really happy um blessed time. Uh we're in Mexico now. She was uh Christian and is Christian. Um which is another wonderful forgiveness Opportunity that I'm with someone that is not a course student, uh, and, and I've wondered, and I think other people have wondered: Is that okay? Is that helpful? Is that ideal? Or you know, would it, would it be better if we're both course students? Um, and for me, it's just all within my mind, and it gets completely reflected out in, into my relationship into her. Uh, I don't require anything of her to follow a certain path or to respond in any way or to change her behavior in any way uh it's all a process within me and then i i watch the relationship just come into more and more harmony um so yeah right now it's quite isolated um a friction point and i i generally am am able to to look at it with jesus without judgment and allow it to dissolve so things are are dissolving more and more but i can say what have been the friction points very much um one good one was uh, her saying I'll be home at seven and she's home much, much later. Her saying she's going to do something and then never does. Um, I also, I've been coming to Mexico for, uh, I don't know, I, I went to grade one and two in, in Guadalajara. And since then we've been traveling in Mexico and then I've been living here off and on for many years. So getting to know the the real, the Mexican mind um, is just so present uh, it's so in tune with with guidance and intuition. Um, what they say they're going to do has nothing to do with what they do. <laughs> so she can say, I'm going to do this. And then when it comes to the point, she's just following present intuition, regardless of what she has said in the past. So that was hard for my Canadian mind, which was, you know, I, I say seven and then I'm going to do all I can to make it seven, punctual. We're supposed to be punctual. And punctuality is is not a priority in Mexico. Um, it's more about when you leave, they say, than when you arrive, not to leave too early. <laughs> and my, That's my Canadian culture is a little bit more, uh, you know, arriving on time and then leaving. Uh, and they're more about arriving whenever you arrive, makes no difference, and staying until the end. Or just staying until that. You know the feeling is really appropriate to then to then go. Um, again, very guided. Uh, yeah. So I, I've become more patient in that. Another friction point. Uh, talking to people on the street, running into people on the street here, and I want to go. You know, and and she has the patience to stop and to talk, and that that conversation will go on as long as it goes on, and then we'll say goodbye, and it's still another five minutes. You know, the goodbye is, is just the, the start of the goodbye. And then another theme comes up. Um, uh, Communication has been another big thing where I have been raised with self-help books, you know, seven habits of highly effective people. I was like 18 reading that and uh, well-trained in, in how you're supposed to communicate in, in a, in an enlightened way. Uh, and she has just not, she just says what she thinks. She says how she feels and it can be very critical. It can be very blaming, uh, judgmental. Um, and that, that was, that was a friction point. I I thought we were supposed to uh, sit down and discuss it. My mother was very much like that of, of having a discussion. And, uh, and so again, th- there was just nothing I could do to change her. I, she didn't have sort of a um, a technical learning mind also. It's just very intuitive. So as many times as I could explain a concept, it just it wouldn't go in or change her, her behavior. Um, the only thing that has worked in any of this is forgiveness. I tried to talk about nonviolent communication. I've been trained in that and you know we talk about our feelings and then we talk about our our needs and then we make a request <laughs> that whole thing no not not at all <laughs> uh boundaries you know not at all not nothing uh, nothing helpful in that at all um the only thing helpful is my process the only thing that has been helpful has been my process of just quiet quietly looking at it with jesus yeah just letting it dissolve on its own, and and watching as things change. When
1: when you say as things change, are you talking about your own internal experience, or do you also see change somehow within the relationship?
2: Not very the- much in the reflection, also very much. Yeah, <clears throat> it starts with my own. It has started with my own, um, but then, yeah, very clear out- outward results of Of her becoming uh more and more loving of our relationship being in more and more harmony, we have an eight year old daughter and a one and a half year old son mm-hmm. and so the family dynamic just becoming more and more gentle and happy and and loving it's we just celebrated our our ten year wedding anniversary, so we've yeah. uh Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's great, and seeing the the transformation of the relationship over that, where I finished the the workbook when we met, it we met in April, and it was in June that I finished the workbook. So I was all I was like deeply into the the transformation of of the workbook of everything was about Christ and the Holy spirit and the kingdom of heaven and, and remembering God. And, and she was Christian and very involved with her church teaching Sunday school in the worship team, singing up front and uh, helping with the different uh, sort of satellite church in a smaller village. Um, And we just connected on that, a, a very deep church rhythm and praying together and talking about God and Jesus and the Holy spirit. And, uh yeah, beautiful. Mm.
1: I I find that so many of the things you say um have touched me. Um like one of them being patience. And um, you know, I'm from New York and I also have learned how to be on time and extremely mm. punctual, if not a little bit early and wait to show up. And I, I never mind if I'm waiting for someone else, but I do mind if they're <laughs> waiting for me. Right. Um, have. And and you know, then I went off to Nepal, where everything is in the now. It's Aile. Yeah. They say Aile, and I remember once I was waiting for a bus for two days, two days, where I kept uh, asking the the Nepalese, you know, when is it coming? And they would say Aile now. <laughs> you know, eventually, they were absolutely right. Um, <laughs> They're but, always right. Huh? Yeah. Really,
0: oh my god. A
1: perfect place to be. But then you know, I married a man who was the slowest person everyone agreed he was the slowest person to get ready to go somewhere. Um, And, you know, we'd be, I'd pack the whole car. I'd pack both of us, everything. And I was still waiting for yeah. up to four hours for him <laughs> to get in the car. And this really happened once. He finally got in the car after four hours and we finally leaving to go up to Tahoe and uh, which was a th- three hour drive, but we're finally leaving, you know, at like noon. And then he needs to eat. So we stop mm. at a fast food place. We leave. Finally, we're on the road. And he says, Oh, we got to stop. I have to go to the bathroom. And <laughs> said, why couldn't you have done that? Well, we just stopped to eat. And he looked at me and he said, you are so impatient. <laughs> you know, I blew. I blew. It was like, you. It, you me? yeah. And I said, you know, I could live like, Four, two, three lives in the time it takes you to <laughs> live your life. And he looked at me and he said, "What's so good about that?"
2: Yeah. And what I, would I you thought, achieve in those yeah, lives?
1: Like, exactly. Like what was so? I, so I'd rush and do more things, and it it uh-huh. it penetrated very deeply. Not that I changed right away, but mm-hmm. it 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 did make you know an impression. And I realized that we would not get along ever if if I could not change my mind. But in the times where I couldn't, we did make an agreement that we'd like go to go to an event or a dinner separately. He could show up whenever yeah. he wanted. I released that, but I still needed for myself to not just let go of also my own feelings that I wanted to be there and be on mm-hmm. time instead of continuously do the work on myself around him not showing up. Because it mm-hmm. it also felt disrespectful to someone else who would wait mm-hmm. for us for an hour or two. And so there was a balance for me. I couldn't just say, okay, I love you. This is my whole thing about patience. I also had to love me in it and, yeah. and integrate both. And so I wonder how you deal with that part, or if it's just complete, total forgiveness, surrender to this process, knowing that it's your lesson. Whereas my lesson- yeah. Was about an integration of a sort.
2: Well, I, I think it, it's it's still forgiveness, um, and then the guidance after the grievance is forgiven might be go go yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. I
2: did the exact same thing with my wife. We worked together uh, in China for a while, and we had to go to meetings, uh, and we had to go to events and different different uh, scheduled appointments, and. Um, yeah, we lived together and we would go together. And she was more consistently late. And that was a very difficult point for us. Absolutely. And eventually, yeah, I, I said, I'm going to go when I'm ready and I won't push you and come when you're ready. And then she started being more punctual because then she would be the one arriving late at the meeting and it would be conspicuous. So that freed her to be more responsible. And then she decided to take responsibility and arrive more on time. Um Yeah, I, I think that that's still a, a wonderful example of forgiveness, forgiving my fear of, you know, doing what I feel is right. Like I have to, I have to um, comply with this, this special relationship.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And I
2: think you're absolutely right. When it
1: comes out of love, you know, it's right. Mm-hmm. Like she can do whatever she wants and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you're not blaming her. Mm-hmm. But you're also doing what you're guided to do, mm-hmm. and and they do somehow fall into sync when it when yeah. it intersects with forgiveness. Yeah. yeah.
2: Even if she uh, isn't happy with that, even if she's like, yeah, at that at first she didn't like that idea that I would go without her, mm-hmm. and uh, and that. it it rem- yeah, it, it reminds me of relating to my my uh, one and a half year old boy. You know, because he he cries because I'm holding his hand across a street with traffic, I'm not going to let his hand go. It's okay if he cries, you know, or if our daughter wants something and we say no, because we love her and she cries, it doesn't mean I'm going to say, okay, I'll do it. And so even if my partner, if it feels very, very guided and directed and loving from me, uh, like I'm going to stay at this thing and not come home right now, and she is not happy about that. That's okay. That's okay. I can still yeah. feel the guidance to do that. That's yeah, a very
1: uh, tricky line. And it is it, mm-hmm. it really is because you yeah. know, as I've said before, I've seen people embrace the course and say, "Well," and and do things that really appear to be unkind, um, and say, "Well, that's you know, if you think that, that's your problem." And right. there is yeah. not the that connection to the mm-hmm. kindness and love and if one is holding a kid's hand across the street that's actually a kindness it's mm-hmm. not doing something because you know you're hurting them right. uh, and there is it, it's it's a actual vigilance to yeah. what is the course here and mm-hmm. i mean it literally and figuratively of what is kindness what is not yeah. doing something against or uh, passive-aggressive to someone else or even yeah. aggressive, um, but just following your own guidance for what's right and forgiving whatever theirs is and knowing that you're one. We're yeah. you expressing things at a different time, a different place. And it, and
2: it takes practice, and, and we get better and better at it, distinguishing what that guidance is and that it's okay if someone's unhappy with it. You know, Jesus did it all the time, made a bunch of people around him unhappy with his choice and uh and just to know that this 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 is really feeling guided um for example in that transition of um going on my own without her it it's also like her saying she'll be home at seven o'clock and then she gets home at 10 o'clock and me being quite upset about that um it became really clear to me that i wasn't upset at her being late I was upset at myself at not giving myself the same freedom. Mm. What I really wanted was to be able to follow my intuition when I'm out and come home when it feels right and not be so uptight about, oh, I said seven o'clock, you know, I, I got to go. <laughs> but to be able to relax in the moment and let things flow. Um, and so I I started giving myself the permission to do that. And when she came home later, I would I would say, that's great you know, it's not a problem. And uh, I give myself the same freedom. And so she didn't like it if that would happen. But then very soon, it, it came to balance very quickly. It was recognized, oh, okay, he can do that. And I can do that. That that does make sense.
1: Yeah. It, it, and it like, when it's a process like that, it's so beautiful to see where it evolves. For me, yeah. With my partner, if we say, okay, he says he's gonna come over and he's an hour late. Um in the past too, for me, it was like this isn't right because I'm waiting and I could be doing something else and I'm expecting mm-hmm. him to be here. And yeah. and it's like, wait, wait a second, we agreed on something and all of all of that stuff came in. <laughs> but um, as I realized one what it, it came down to onto expectations which is Mm -hmm. always what will get us (laughs) in our own little knot. Um, And as I learned more uh, to expect that his time difference might be a little different than mine, Mm -hmm. um, it it started to shift and also the talking about what's respectful and kind to each other in it. Mm -hmm. And each of us loosening up uh, around that. But I have in talking with so many different people heard people say, oh, I couldn't do this. I couldn't come home later because that would hurt so-and-so or something like that, even when it was obvious in a certain way that for them it would be better for them, in just this example, to stay somewhere. To stay, yeah. Stay. It Mm -hmm. it moved into what felt like um, infantilizing someone else, like they Mm -hmm. couldn't handle it, so you have to take care of something for them. And that's
2: a whole <laughs> other part of relationships. Um, People pleasing. <laughs> just yes. go to David Hoffmeister. People pleasing. <laughs> right. Is it helpful? Yes. Probably not. And
1: mm-hmm. yeah, very often it's not. It's just, yeah. um, it's just yeah. you're not you're not seeing, you know, the the God in them to know that they yeah. can do the work as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting what you said, Ezra, that the We're like like the Canadians and probably most of the U.S. is offended Mm, when people aren't on time. But you Mm -hmm. said that she would say, oh, it's more offensive to leave early. Yeah. She wouldn't say
2: that. Others have have, uh, told me that about the Mexican culture. Mm. But uh, she wouldn't even recognize that. She's yeah. just present. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't even know that it's a system. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I want to categorize it all. <laughs> it's not a thought system.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's energy But energy. yeah,
2: very different, exactly, culturally raised in that way. And yeah. and Tam, as you say, in Mexico, they say, ahorita, which means right now. And if I say, you know, can you come do this or something like that, she'll say, ahorita. And it's fun that our daughter is Connexican. She's been raised in in China a lot and then in Canada and, and Mexico. And um, so we can talk about, you know, I say to her, by the way, Shani, when when mom says ahorita, it really means any time at all. Like that it uh, literally ahorita translates to right now. Ahorita, right now. And it it really means any time in the future. So we both know I'm, I'm teaching my daughter how to forgive her mother <laughs> to say, this is just a cultural way of being when she says, ahorita, it could mean anything. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like what, there's, there's this military efficiency built into kind of the American and Canadian cultures where it's like school starts with a bell. And it's like, if you're not in your seat and it's all these things and, uh, Mm. you're right. It's, it's all belief structures. And I think the problem is for me, when I, when I think mine's better and you have to change, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just problematic. I, I remember, uh, you know, being in Chile and then being at a, you know, a teller, not a teller, but a cashier, you know, they catching up with a friend in line and thinking, you know this won't go on for more than 30 seconds or so and you know mm-hmm. it's going on and on and on and yeah. everybody else in line's fine with it exactly me, that's like what? how dare you yeah. you know it's like there's this is inner dialogue and i'm like well which which culture would i rather live in you know the yeah. one where it's like <laughs> you know you're everyone's with okay friend. with it yeah and everybody's yeah. okay with it and it's like oh yeah. my god i'm so glad to see you and we all stop and recognize like yeah that's great Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. that, I think the answer is sometimes I'd rather live in that one. And then Uh except one of this, like, like the asterisks where it's like, except one is I really have to go.
1: Uh (laughs) I think it's that same thing of integration. It's not one or the other. And how do we flow, you know, Whenever it's right
2: at each time in the yeah. moment for me, it's going to be my forgiveness in in the very moment it it's just going to be watching it with Jesus without any judgment and just seeing everything happening inside my mind at that time, just yeah. looking at it without hiding it um but i i I talked to our daughter about there are a lot of things we can learn from Canada and how we are, and there's a lot of things we can learn from Mexico and how they are. You know, and I say that about her, her mother and, and me, a lot of things you can learn from how she is. A lot of things you can learn from how I am. Take the good stuff (laughs) from all of it, you know, and then talking about the great aspects of (laughs) of the Mexican way of being and then great aspects of the Canadian way of being also.
1: We do that even just plain and simply without culture and within family, it brings up to mind when, when my son would get a, you know, sick or even like a boo-boo, as we call mm-hmm. Um, If he talked to my ex-husband, who I call my husband, um, he would, you know, my husband was totally <laughs> chondriac. And, and if he got a cold, he was about to die, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then with my mother, she was just over solicitous. Like if Lige had a tiny little scratch and he was crying. She would go nuts over um, taking care of him. You know, it's like, okay, let's get out the bandages and everything else instead of come on, move on. It's okay. It's small. Mm -hmm. And so I became, which isn't my usual tendency, much less attentive. Um, It's like, okay, you have a cold. It'll be better. You know, I, I was kind. I was caring. I, you know, made him soup, all of that. But one day he asked me, he said, mommy, how come you don't care as much as grandma or as daddy mm-hmm. when I get when I get hurt or sick? And I mm-hmm. said, I don't think it's about caring. I think it's about balance. Like what happens when daddy gets sick? And my son said he thinks he's dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. said, yeah, do you see that really happening? And my son said, No. I said, What happens with grandma? She pays so much attention that, like, I can hardly breathe. <laughs> and as mm you know, but, but he loves that. He loved it, you know? And I said, so I want to give you the balance. So you get the choice of all yeah. the different ways of being um, and, you know, and see what's really good for you. Um, but I always do care. I always care. I always pay attention. I don't let anything, you know, I try not to let mm-hmm. go too far. Sometimes mm-hmm. I did because I over-balanced. Sure. Yeah. Um, So it's not even just culture, it's personality.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing more the, uh, the miracle, um, these days with, with my daughter and, um, she's fairly sensitive with pains and upsets. Um, and it has been my nature before A Course in Miracles to dismiss things and, uh, just, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Um, And then with A Course in Miracles, of course, the thought system that it's not real um, and bringing our mind into not giving it power. Joel Goldsmith has been a a great influence um, in my path also of disregarding symptoms and bringing the mind only into God's presence and the result being physical healing. So he came from Christian science and had a lot of results of physical healings around him. And his his teaching, uh, and there's so much on YouTube. Uh, his teaching is um, is just abiding in God's presence, the very very uh, deep conscious connection with God, uh, and giving no power to symptoms, giving no power to form. So, and with the Course in Miracles also. So to uh, to disregard a symptom or a grievance, yet now i'm I'm being more attentive to engaging. That has been the the point of understanding the miracle more for me is engaging, being so present with the seeming condition, and then that's where the miracle can take place, kind of joining joining the seeming condition and form with the changeless presence of God, the condition of heaven, the truth, but bringing them together. So engaging with my daughter, not dismissing anything if something comes to just stop and just be present with her. Meanwhile, in my mind, I don't believe it. In my mind, I give it no power. In my mind, we're absolutely above any of this, beyond any of this. But stay with her, you know? So yeah, it's a wonderful thing that she is in our family and she uh, is quite sensitive. I think of her as an empath, actually. I have a sore hip and she has a sore hip.
0: Yeah. My, I, I like my mom
2: has a headache point. and she gets a headache. And I'm like, no, way. you don't. You're just <laughs> copying us. But uh just being present with her. Yeah. I, I, I think that that
1: there is so much wisdom in that. And um, I mean everybody does have their own style and their own path, but the being present is kind of the theme of of it seems to be this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um in time, in personality, in empathy, in um, mm. it's what we do when we're present. And for me, I I would always take on because I was an empath um, other people's pain, mm. and okay. I would listen deep into their story, take it in, and then inside trans. I would say it would get transmuted back into love to give back to that person. Yeah, and, and hold them in it. But that said. Uh, about eight years ago, ten years ago, whatever, maybe even less. Um, I had a meditation where I was, I was actually instructed to um, be the beer, like as in be to being, yeah. rather than fear, because I would always see patterns and see what was wrong with someone, and and in that I was I was referencing story too much. And so what when I asked, well, show me what that means and how what I was shown in meditation was me holding someone who was sobbing, crying, me crying with them, loving them, and them taking that and me being exhausted too in a way and having Mm -hmm. to remove it from myself later in a way. Mm -hmm. Okay. To Jesus looking at, you know, a a cripple and saying, Walk, don't Mm -hmm. tell me your story. Don't I don't need anything except that this is not true and Mm -hmm. you are one with me and you are fine and i'm still on that path yeah so but certainly with children you know as i said like with my mother it it became such a thing with my son that he couldn't wait till he got a little hurt to show her and then they would so overindulge in it there did need to be some balance there and i think you've struck Mm -hmm. it it sounds really quite beautiful.
2: Thank you. Well, that's nice to hear from you that you have uh empath in you. Yeah. Um I've just recently felt like Shani, our daughter, is is something like that. Um, and that you're saying that you can then somehow transmute it. What I've what I've said to her is that our challenges end up being our teaching, you know, as we overcome. Um, our specific challenges, that becomes the great lesson that we can give to everyone else. So um, yeah. did you learn that? Is that something through your spiritual development that you've then learned how to change your response to, to
1: um, taking on grievance? The course has helped me tremendously, but mm-hmm. the answer in a word is what I have learned is boundaries. Okay. And so mm-hmm. there is the knowledge that we are all one. And there's mm-hmm. also being able to say no to someone else's energy infiltrating me mm. as, as such a, an extreme empath. I was the same. My yep. mother, would, you know, stub her toe a mile away and I would feel it. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we thought it was funny, but it also wasn't. I was taking on a lot of her pain that mm-hmm. and and in fact, we both looked at it towards the end of her life and it was partly so she could do her work. And at the mm-hmm. end of her life, it was very hard for me because she was in a lot of physical pain, but I had to stop taking it on. And she had to yeah. feel it herself very much in a certain way for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, right before her husband passed, um, he and I had a dialogue in which it was that she needed to be here on her own. She was always with someone, you know, from like she was never not in a relationship um, and that she did need some time to address her own body, her own pain and move it through, which yeah. was why it was so extraordinary at the literal last moment of her life. She says to me, pay no attention to my body screaming. I yeah. have never been at, at so much peace in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so wow. the, I had to learn boundaries through the course, through not infantilizing anyone else, realizing. Right one has the power to heal i am not the healer um you know except in that i am one and seeing with that same
2: love i guess i'm feeling it could translate to the appearance of boundaries um right i'm i'm wondering if it can still be your your forgiving and then feeling the guidance to say no (laughs) you know at this moment without drawing a line um in the concrete drew drew a line in the sand uh, in in the earth, but that, uh, yeah, to really feel that guidance of being of it's, it's okay to, to put my hand up and say, not now or not this.
1: I think what was deeper for me was the learning of love for even my own physical body and what Mm I was taking on through other people Mm -hmm. and their stories. Mm -hmm. And I can sit and be, Present, as you seem to be with your daughter in these situations, mm-hmm. I can be present with someone and still be in a state of not taking on that condition, yeah, and really wow. love, care and not take it in in the same yeah. way where then I have to do the transmuting
2: mm. and they can
1: by by having someone be that present with them,
2: mhm,
1: so it's just,
2: it's- I'll talk to my daughter yeah. about this this is this is wonderful, yeah. Yeah, to be present with someone and then and not take on everything that's happening with them,
1: and see them as being well. It, yeah. Like I felt, it became a form of connection, and that person mm-hmm. felt so seen because I was feeling exactly what they were feeling. But they right. could be in love without engaging in the direct story of it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm still, I'm still in that process, and I'm. Yeah, it's
2: powerful. Yeah. I wonder if my eight year old's ready for it. I think she is. <laughs> it so, feels like she is.
1: Let's just say I would have been glad for someone to tell me that at eight.
2: Yeah, I agree. In whatever form, that's right. That's right. you know, comes out, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I think you know, the theme know? of uh, what, you know, this kind of cultural. Um, forgiveness opportunities is only going to expand as the the world shrinks and there's digital yeah. nomads and people living all over. There's more opportunities for this exact type of thing where it's like, wow, I'm confronted with all my cultural biases and beliefs, and I mm-hmm. I can either you know recoil from it in in anger uh, or I can learn from it and uh, you mm. know relax relax into it and yeah. see it as a forgiveness opportunity. So it's
2: yeah. very timely,
0: I think.
1: I couldn't agree. Yeah. I, sorry, Tam. No, I just said I couldn't agree
2: more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see more and more mixed relationships. I, in Canada, we live on the Sunshine Coast, just a ferry ride from Vancouver. And Vancouver is so international with uh, more and more, you know, Asian, Canadian, Latin, Canadian, all, all races, uh, mixed couples and children. We, we tend to meet mixed couples with children and uh and that's just wonderful to see and then also people moving to different countries and with the whole covid thing i think people have become more mobile and some people are getting out of their country for different reasons and and going to different countries or thinking about that um and yeah the uh the 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 forgiveness opportunity that lies in this cultural um you know a different culture right in your face in a relationship or in being in a different country um and that <clears throat> it it's just uh it's always the same it's just always the same it's always coming into my mind for forgiveness and always remaining in in God's presence and God's peace God's joy which is not provided in any mexican town it's not provided in a canadian place or a european place or anywhere you go you bring yourself with you, and uh, and the peace and the joy come only from God and not in a in a different place. Any any place I've been, um, someone can be counting their blessings, and someone can be complaining about everything, right? And in a relationship, we can we can be seeing the uh, the benefits that we're receiving from the difference in the culture, and we can be completely upset by it constantly and more and more aggravated so yeah yeah this is something that comes to me quite often because because I'm living now uh this is the first year we're kind of going back and forth we had been in China for five years previously but my wife being from Mexico now we're half the year in Mexico half the year in Canada and so people oh that sounds amazing you know it must be so nice and and uh there are all kinds of upset people in both places <laughs> you know it's it's not amazing the place has nothing to do with uh happiness or or having a nice life uh this peace and joy that comes from god is is the only source of of happiness and it's everywhere i go so it really doesn't matter
1: exactly i mean, that was my greatest learning um of uh you know i i took off and went to nepal right after college because i was obsessed with this question of What would my life be if I was plopped somewhere else where I didn't know the language, the culture, not same skin color? What, who would I be? Um, Mm. And what I found was I I ended up with a family in Nepal who was so similar to my family at home in characters. And there was so much love. And I got to see at a pretty young age, wherever I go, I can connect with love. It doesn't yeah. matter what the outside looks like. And mm. I'm at home in this crazy world if I'm at home in me extending love. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and even what you're saying, it you know, as far as culture, and I keep bringing it back to personality, you know, and mm-hmm. if you're in your same culture and your same country and your same city, and even in your same house with mm-hmm. family, there's different personality right type. Yeah. And here you are, you know, as you say, like one of your challenges could be that you're doing a course and you're with um someone who is Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that you bring that up in that way. Is that a challenge? What what is mm-hmm. the challenge there within being a course student as mm-hmm. you know, and then Christian? And just yesterday I heard those big Facebook conversation about someone asking if everyone on the board of the Foundation for Inner Peace is Jewish, like, are there any Christians <laughs> on the board? And, okay. and I thought, and it was like, like I had to sit and think because I never thought about it that way.
2: Right. And yeah. I
1: thought, well, you know, I'm Jewish. She's Jewish. She's Jewish. She's, you know, Jewish. She's not. She's not. Like, yes, there are Christians on the board, but what's that have to do with anything? And uh-huh. I was, you know, and it was like what has, as told to me, you know, is it all Jewish? And it was like, wait a second. Helen was Jewish. My mother was Jewish who brought mm-hmm. the course to the world. And I hate to say it, everybody, but so was Jesus. Yeah, and, that's and right. <laughs> where is, what are we doing by creating these yeah. frameworks of Yeah. what would have been if I suddenly say, oh God, everyone, everyone is Jewish on this board. Right. It isn't so, but the questions we ask show how much we're still delineating.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's all gray anyway, isn't it? Like with Christians, you could talk to every Christian, and there's going to be all kinds of differences and variation in their actual thought system and belief system and practice. And I'm sure with Jewish as well, there's everyone's actually their own individual makeup of everything they've experienced and and yep. chosen
1: we're personalities, Mm -hmm. we're egos. And until we get
2: past that,
1: it's Mm -hmm. always going to be this look in the course world. In fact, I was guided very deeply um, in the new year, right around the new year, that it's time to have a webinar on all the different versions of the course and bring everyone together, talk about it without Mm. threat and talk about forgiveness exercise like in the course world there's wonderful who do not like each other because it yeah. is yeah and like let's open that up I you love know, that we have to do this practice or what are we doing yeah that's beautiful
0: helpful yeah. hope- <laughs> well Ezra we like to keep this really practical for people uh, including ourselves. When you get into an ego storm and it just feels really real all of a sudden, and it's like, man, I am feeling this and it doesn't feel good. Is there anything you do to get back on track? Like anything that you find effective for yourself?
2: Um... Eat a peanut butter and banana sandwich. <laughs> You've answered two <laughs> questions. Wait, no, no, that's that's the comfort food one, right? <laughs> that's the comfort food. <laughs> Wait a second. It could uh, be both. It could be both. It's can a be prepared, I prepared a little bit. <laughs> um, um yeah, when something comes, um I I am better and better able to to be present with it. Um I'll I'll reference another <clears throat> um uh, resource that has been so helpful for me uh, more recently, Keith Cavanaugh and his uh, um, talking of, of true forgiveness and his phrase is, what does this have to do with the peace and l- peace and joy of the Holy spirit in my mind? I say, what has this to do with the peace and joy of the Holy spirit within my mind? Just cause it's iambic pentameter, but uh, it's mm. uh, so, so helpful of, of being able to forgive, of just joining. When I say that I'm joining with Jesus, I'm joining with the Holy Spirit, and I see the peace and joy is right here, and that's not changing. And with that, I can just look at it. What what has this to do with the peace and joy of the Holy Spirit within my mind? And, And I can watch it, not always. Sometimes it's after, but it's sooner and sooner after. So afterwards also, uh, to be able to go back and and say, "Yeah, I can completely let that go um, that my answer is always as soon as possible to just go into silence and not analyze not not interpret any of it that's happening, but um going in going in going into into presence again into silence and looking at it, I can see it with Jesus is is just the way to go to look at it with my ego is uh just going to be continuing the confusion but join with jesus quietly doing nothing just without judgment just looking just looking at it yeah that's great that's so great. as soon as i can in the moment sometimes and sometimes afterwards
0: yeah. that's good draw the energy out of it let it settle a little bit
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. and then things really dissolve, like really the form, the form changes.
0: And it sounds like you answered the comfort food question with, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a, a peanut butter and banana <laughs> pan which <laughs> is, your, is your go-to comfort food. Are you a creamy yeah. or a crunchy peanut butter person?
2: Uh, it doesn't really matter. I mix them up. Does the oh. bread matter? Uh, some kind of grainy bread, I like a grainy bread. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a breakfast often if I'm heading out. Uh, if that's with me, I I know I'm good. Uh,
1: I go good there, but I add stuff
2: to it, like yeah.
1: Nutella and honey. Uh, oh. uh-huh. if Nutella isn't enough, but nope, got to get some of that honey on, too. I
0: like if the way it's you an roll, open face,
2: Tam. I'll do that.
0: Yeah, that's nice.
2: Yeah, drip some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good. Nutella. Open oh, I like the Nutella and honey.
0: Do you mm. to? Do you toast it, Ezra, or is it untoasted?
2: No, soft. Yeah, soft. Okay. Yeah, God. nice and soft.
1: Yummy. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah.
0: Well, I know you started a podcast here, Ezra. I listened to your chanting podcast. Why don't you talk a little mm. bit about that so listeners can understand what you're doing?
2: Sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's called a Course in Miracles chanting, and it. It came out quite naturally of many years of, and I hear a lot of people do this: <clears throat> take take uh, lines from the course and make it into a, a melody. Um, and so, over the years, different lines and different phrases have just, you know, they're so poetic, and sometimes they rhyme, and they're in iambic pentameter, and it just it sings itself. So uh, I would make chants with them. I I have liked uh, being in India. A lot and uh kirtan and this kind of repetitive chanting and i always felt like chanting in english is is really helpful because uh you know the realizations are going deeper and deeper i can see how it's helpful to chant in a language that i don't understand and then i can get into more of a vibrational thing but uh i find this really helpful where where the words penetrate and my mind opens up a little bit more to what it's pointing at, um, as I repeat and repeat and repeat. Um, and, and then I memorize it. I have all these long phrases memorized just because I've sung them again and again. And I've heard people say that too, as they, as they sing the line, uh, they can memorize it <clears throat> and word for word. I do feel like the way Jesus has phrased these things is is uh is helpful in that exact order and and phrasing so when i would have uh doing the workbook the lesson i would definitely write it down and have it in my pocket because just mixing up a few words you know it it can change the meaning so so memorizing these phrases in in exact word for word so what the podcast is uh it's just recent the last month or so it's on most platforms except apple it's taking a while for them to to accept the submission but all the others it's it's pretty much up there um and now i've just separated the chant from the intro so i i introduce it and re read through the lines um sometimes it's a full direct quote or sometimes i've repeated some words so um Yeah, exactly how the chant goes the lines and then just talk about what it means to me um things that stand out for me in in this in in this set of phrases and then so i've separated now another episode to be the actual chant so then someone can listen to the chant and just go back and listen to the chant and not have to sit through the introduction if they want to hear the chant again and for people to chant along you know get to know the melody feel the chant. And then as you memorize it, you've got all these words available to you. Mm -hmm. Sounds incredible. incredible. Yeah. I want to listen. Yeah. 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 Course in Miracles chanting with Ezra.
0: Great. I'll put a link for that in the show notes for people that are interested.
2: Mm -hmm. Well,
0: Ezra, thanks so much for coming on Miracle Voices and sharing your miracle voice. We really appreciate it. Sounds like you got a lot going on and we'll look for more episodes of the chanting and, Good luck with everything. Thank yeah. you.
2: Thank Wait, you for so having want, me. Quick little
1: question: How does one spell
2: Ahorita? A H O R I T A. Ahorita. Ah, uh-huh.
1: uh-huh. so a-h-o-r-i-t-a. Is, is like my question? In this is is the word hour in that somehow like uh-huh. is A H I L E by the way, which means the now.
0: Ahorita oh, means kidding? time or means now. It, yeah. It,
2: Hora oh, uh, uh, is hour, I mean, and when you, what you say what hour. time is it, ke s is like yeah. what time? So, what so hour it is, is it? The word hour
1: is in there, so it is like it. It's like I think of someone just said something to me recently that made me laugh. He said he was monogamish, <laughs> like <laughs> yes, mostly, kind of. <laughs> like, I said, is that like being a little pregnant? But Aonita yeah. uh, is like hour ish. I'll I'll be there exactly. In an yeah.
2: Okay okay thank you it's a huge more or less (laughs) I want to say thank you very much to you two too uh for having this and I, I really appreciate that you invite many different kinds of people onto the podcast um which I just find so helpful it it just blesses my heart when I perceive how many people are out there in the world doing their best to forgive yeah you know it's so inspiring So many people taking it seriously into their hearts and minds that I want to purify and forgive my own judgments. It's amazing. It's amazing. Right. And thank you for sharing these people.
1: And thank you for being one of them.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful note to end on. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Miracle Voices by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you are enjoying these conversations, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you use. And lastly, please visit us at MiracleVoices.org and join our newsletter so we can stay connected. Until the next podcast, I want to leave you with my favorite course quote, When you want only love, you will see nothing else.